a couple of nights ago, I woke up in the middle of the night anxiously panicking over what will happen to Pickles when I go into labor with River. If you don't know, Pickles is my dog. Now, let me tell you, we have all the support systems in the world. My neighbors are awesome. I have friends nearby. My sister-in-laws only live like an hour or so away. My parents will literally jump on the first flight from Seattle to be here for the birth of their grandson and also watch their first grandchild, Pickles. But I, in my desperate need to have control and have a plan, could not stop tossing and turning, running through every scenario in my head, putting together a list of plans and backup plans. And the funny thing is, is I knew what was happening. I was super dysregulated. I knew I couldn't regulate my emotions. I finally had to wake Charles up, talk through what I was feeling and all of my plans. And finally, in what felt like an eternity, fell back to sleep. I do not deny that I'm a person living with high-functioning anxiety. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. To the naked eye, I am confident, I am capable, I manage my affairs, and I seem to do it all pretty well. At least from what other people have told me. I look effortless, like I operate with grace, and well, like I know what I'm doing. What it feels like on the inside is usually a monkey circus. I have so many debilitating self-critical thoughts about myself. I overthink everything. I am not kind to myself. It's often a bit of a mess. And while I have been on a several-year journey to help clean up the circus in my mind, my gut reaction is to live in it, bearded lady and all. But why do we allow ourselves to be so together on the outside and so hard, rough, and mean to ourselves on the inside? Why do we feel this pressure to live up to whatever expectations we have for work, relationships, children, body, whatever? That's really not fine, is it? Hey, I'm Rachel, and this is the It's Fine Podcast. chatting with Nadia Friorita, a therapist who specializes in anxiety and who uses her platform to talk about how we live with high-functioning anxiety. On this episode, we'll talk about what high-functioning anxiety looks like, how you can combat anxiety with balance, the power of saying no, and tips to manage through high-functioning anxiety. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Last week, I was interviewing someone who is a specialist in ADHD, anxiety, and depression, particularly in working with folks with ADHD. And she was sharing just about how in the pandemic, which is, was a terrible and awful thing that we all experienced globally, ultimately, folks also had to sit with all the things that might like that we often brush aside, right? right? And so many of the things that you shared and a lot of what I do in this podcast is to talk about some of these things that we just say, well, it's fine that my life is super stressful, that I'm unable to manage my household, that I'm unable to manage my workload. And we just press through it. And when we do so, I think what that looks like is high functioning anxiety because we keep trudging through these things and we accept it as like our normal, our reality, our fine, right? But the reality is, is that we don't have to live that way. And I'm somebody who definitely experiences high functioning anxiety like I, I can acknowledge that there's been moments and seasons in my life where that anxiety became too intense yeah I think you bring up a good point and I think the more that we push through like just talking about 
that pushing through and that drudging on, I think we also become more comfortable with saying it's okay and it's yeah. fine and I'm, this is what I need to do, right? This is how it has to be. And it doesn't. And I think we all feel the emotion of anxiety, right? Like when we talk about what is anxiety, anxiety is a normal emotion that we all experience from time to time. I think someone with high functioning anxiety is someone that on the outside really appears to have it all together. They're, they're confident. They are super successful in many areas of their lives. Yet on the inside, they struggle with overthinking or perfectionism. Or for some women, it might be people pleasing and having this fear of not wanting to disappoint someone or let someone down or feeling like I have to do it all, right? And what's going to happen if I don't? And when we talk about anxiety disorders, it's really about how is the anxiety that you're feeling, one, how do you cope with it? Are you coping with it in healthy ways? When it becomes an anxiety disorder, we tend to lose the ability to cope with it in healthy ways. And we tend to, for example, avoid the things that make us anxious, like going to social events or being able to go to work or perform the way that we would like to or function the way that we would like to. And this other piece of it is how is it impacting your overall life and your functioning and where might it become a problem, if that makes sense. I think a lot of folks probably sit in this high functioning anxiety space because ultimately like they'll keep doing what they do. And I think one of the things that like comes to mind to me is that if you're experiencing this inner turmoil, which I quite honestly, I, I have felt and feel quite a lot in my life, right? Like the pressure to be like, okay, how am I going to navigate the many things in my, on my plate? Like I might come off as somebody who is like able to balance a podcast and a job and a spouse and a family and all these things. Right. But inside it feels like utter torture sometimes, right? Because you're like, am I enough in these areas? One of the things that really come up for me a lot is doing enough. Am I showing up in every space as like the fullest and wholest part of myself, putting a lot of pressure on myself, right? So like never truly being satisfied with where I am. The thing that I've been definitely working on and thinking about a lot is the need to drop the ball sometimes or drop things. Instead of feeling all of these feelings, right? I think it's a combination of both self-compassion, understanding yes. that we cannot be superheroes. We cannot be all things in all places. And where are there opportunities to, quote unquote, drop the ball or drop, right? Not all balls are made of glass. Where are the opportunities to think about how can I improve in my life by letting go of some things that may have been important at some point, but I am unable to carry now? I was just thinking about this whole concept around how we try to balance everything. And sometimes I think you need to let things go. Yeah. Right. If you are someone that's really trying to manage, mm -hmm. let's say, for example, career and motherhood, and for you, motherhood is really important right now in this season of your life. Is there an adjustment that you could possibly make, right? Without putting your family at further, making things worse, perhaps financially or whatever. But it's really kind of, I think, taking a step back and saying, what is, what's the priority for me in my life right now? And what might success look like for me? 
right now. And that's going to look really different for some, you know, it's going to look different across the board. Things change. Our lives change. We grow. We evolve. Things are dynamic. What you might want right now, that could, that's going to change. And that's going to be different six months down the road, a year down the road. The goal isn't to balance everything. And maybe it is to let some balls drop. I think we often have ideas of who we want to be, right? And maybe even ideas that we have to grieve, like in different stages of our lives, you think that like you can be the 100% mom, 100% career woman, 100% friend. I learned very early on in my, I think in like my middle 20s that I couldn't be all things. I couldn't be all versions of myself, even though I really wanted to. Like, I really wanted to be like the best friend and hang out with all of my buddies. Back, I was living in New York City at the time. I wanted to be a really good spouse. I wanted to be able to build this wonderful family, also have a career, have all of these things. And then you don't actually do any of those things well because you are experiencing so much turmoil. And I think this is where self-compassion comes in. This is not necessarily true now in, in 2023 of what is expected of women, but I think there's a lot of rhetoric, whether that be has carried within us, held inside of us, right? That we have to be everything. There's just all these roles that we have to play. When the reality is, is that every human being has limitations. And I think that self-compassion of who do I want to be today and what matters to me today in this moment, in this season, knowing that as you evolve in life, you're allowed to change your perspective, right? Your values and who you want to be. So I'm, I'm curious for someone who's living in this state of just of having high functioning anxiety and not necessarily not clear on it. You mentioned a few things like people pleasing and some of these other things that like maybe folks can like help identify within themselves if they're like carrying this. What is it like physically manifest in? What does it look like? Like, how can I pinpoint it? I think for one, a major thing is do you have extremely high or unrealistic standards for yourself? What are those expectations that you have for yourself? And are they very high, unrealistic, do you strive to be perfect in all areas of your life? And if you're not, do you experience feelings of inadequacy? Do you experience feelings of guilt? Do you experience feelings of disappointment? Do you experience feelings of sadness, right? Like frustration, perhaps. That's really a big thing. The other thing that comes up a lot is just this like an inability to re relax and a lot of restlessness and a lot of activity in your mind. You're constantly thinking about things. You're overanalyzing things. You're thinking about every possible scenario that could come up. You, you might have some unhelpful ways of thinking, maybe more catastrophic thinking. That's not necessarily like a physical manifestation, but that's what someone would describe. So, you know, that overthinking. Yeah, for sure. Those thought traps and those like, yeah, just getting caught in your thoughts, right? Like that mind that won't settle. Yes, exactly. I think the other thing too is there might be fears of failure. I think sometimes with high functioning anxiety, you appear to be successful. You are really successful, but internally there might be these deep fears of 
failure, which might lead you to not maybe take certain healthy risks in your life, maybe. So that might be something. People pleasing seems to come up just for women in general. Yeah. And I think that's another big one for for high-functioning anxiety. Are you saying yes to all of the things? Are you overextending yourself? That's another big one too. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit about the power of saying no. I'd love to just hear what your take is on that because <laughs> I think that's probably the thing I know I've struggled with, right? What's your take on why we should say no more often? We want to be able to show up and not disappoint people and say yes all the time. That's something that I've been trying to work on myself mm. is I think, let's say, for example, a text message comes in and it's someone that wants to meet up. And I'm just like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I really want to. but Is that going to put me under more stress? And how is that going to impact me right now? I think it could go back to what you are valuing and prioritizing for that moment in your life. For example, for me, and I haven't really openly shared this, but after my, so I don't know if you know the story about how my Instagram account. No, I don't. Yeah. Blew up. But I did one reel on, well, I did many reels because I was <laughs> going up consistently and doing the thing. And I did one reel on high functioning anxiety and it just, it went completely viral. 3.5 million views. I was like, what is happening? My account went from 3,000 to over 100,000 followers. Like a matter of, I don't even know, two and a half to three, four weeks or something like that. I was like beyond myself. Not that I put so much validation and emphasis on it. It was more like, wow, like my hard work is paying off. I overcame this fear around showing up on social media, worked hard consistently, and now it's paying off. And I think there was so much pressure to launch something new after that, that I was like all over the place to be just like really frank. I was like, do I want to launch a group program? Do I want to launch a low ticket offer? There's so much opportunity right now, right? In the online space. And this is more of a, a career example, but I felt so much pressure that I was stressing myself out more because I felt like I had to I had to launch something because of just the extent of the growth mm -hmm. and I had to take a step back and I even began talking about something that I had made a decision on my stories and I had to take a step back and say hold up okay I'm not going to if I'm going to launch something it can't put more stress it's going to be hard work, right? There's going to be a level of work that is going to go into it. There's going to be a level of commitment and effort and all of that and showing up. But I was feeling so much stress. I felt like my nervous system was like really overactive and really overstimulated that I was not going to deliver a really high quality offering. Mm -hmm. And I had to get really real with myself and say, I can't, this is not the this is not the right thing for me, and this is not the right time for me. And this is, I moved to Florida a couple years ago, so I'm managing a transition to a new place, moving into a new home, a new blended family, right. planning a wedding. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Nadia, just 
take it easy, right? I There's going to be another opportunity for me to do this. It doesn't have to be right now in this moment. And what's most important to me being present, focused on family relationships, doing my private practice really well. I was getting feedback from Damon at the time that like I wasn't necessarily super present and that was hard to hear, but it was the truth. So it's really, I think, about how it's impacting you and how it might be impacting other people in your life. But I think part of what needs to happen is, are you being honest with yourself? Yeah, I think one thing that like stuck out to me is this. You use the word had to. I had to do it at that moment, at that time. I think like we carry so much expectation around ourselves because we don't have any control of what will happen in the future. And all things, whether it be like a career opportunity of Nadia and you experiencing like a huge growth and success, people were resonating with what you were sharing, right? And so like, it feels like we have to do these things right now. And if we don't do them right now, we'll never, ever get the chance to ever do anything like that again. I think this is true, not just with a career moment, but also just like in the pressure we put of whether that be like a mom who needs to bake organic, gluten-free cupcakes today, right now for their child's first grade bake sale to like, how we show up for our relationships and how we show up for our siblings or whoever it might be, right? Like this, so much expectation and pressure on ourselves to do it right then and there. That's the other piece of this too, is we're looking at everybody else and we're, you know, seeing on the surface what everybody else is doing. And that's also part of the pressure. Oh, I have to be like that other influencer that's like this and this and this but you don't really know their journey. I felt that pressure in so many areas of my life. This is really what this podcast is about, is truly like what are your values and what matters to you now? And also making the space to change those values, right? Because sometimes what is our high functioning anxiety today, the pressure that we put on ourselves is not necessarily who we want to be now. And like, Priorities shift and change and seasons change all the time, right? And I think that's what's so critical about what we say no to and having the confidence in ourselves about what we say no to, right? Because if we know what our yes is, we'll say yes grandly with with such enthusiasm because we know it aligns to what is the priority and what we're capable to do. But when we don't really know, right, it's hard to say, am I doing something or saying no to something that actually really matters to me. I really want to be there. And that kind of introspection and reflection, I think, is really critical in just navigating any type of life. So Nadia, how do I proceed? Like, I understand that I am carrying these expectations. I feel like I have to do these things. I feel this internal turmoil physically, mentally, emotionally, all of this, right? How do I then proceed? I think one is getting really honest with yourself around, am I struggling in this area? Am I living with high-functioning anxiety or just chronic anxiety? Or am I experiencing a lot of emotions that are having maybe too much control over me? So I think the first step is like self-awareness and introspection. And I think particularly with high-functioning anxiety, we don't give ourselves that time. We don't give ourselves that space, that opportunity to say, what what's going on and what am I feeling? And I think, so I guess that brings me to like another 
piece of this crash course is like knowing that it's going to be a difficult journey because doing the emotional work is not easy. Right. It's absolutely worth it, but like it's not easy. And I think part of people's anxiety is this avoidance and like tolerating uncomfortable emotions. Can I just stop you right there? I know for myself, the journey of dealing with uncomfortable emotions took me like, like for me personally, a year. Like it, it took me a year. I think emotion regulation is a big piece of it. Yeah. And even just like making this space, like I kid you not. And like, I've done a lot of inner child work, like a lot of that type of stuff too. Right. I think it's so unfortunate that we can be so hard on ourselves about what our unresolved emotions, trauma, lack of regulation looks like. I just spent a lot of time fighting. I fought those. And I think like my gut reaction generally is to fight those emotions. So I want to just pause there just for a second, because I want to give folks the sense that I don't think this work happens overnight. If you're already experiencing high-functioning anxiety, I'm sure you're already pretty hard on yourself anyway. The self-criticism is like relentless. Right. It's relentless. I was in therapy consecutively for three years, and then I took a break, and I would joke with my friends, I graduated from therapy. I'm graduated. I don't need to go ever again. And then just recently, my friend, I just restarted therapy as I'm going through a pretty big life transition, right? I restarted therapy. My friend was like, oh, yeah, like, even if you graduate, you still have to go back. Continuing education. Exactly. It's funny that you're asking this because I'm actually I'm putting together a through my like whole debacle with I'm not going to launch anything early. I'm actually putting some pieces of an online course together. So I think like self-awareness is really important. And then also taking a step back and saying, what do I really want for my life, right? What are my priorities and values? And that's going to really help you dictate some of the decisions and choices that you're making, some of the things that you do go after, some of the goals that you set for yourself. The emotion regulation piece is really important. Self-compassion is really important. Being able to be more kind and gentle with yourself If you have a friend that's coming to you and saying, I'm feeling really anxious, I'm struggling, I don't know what to do, do you tell them to like shut up and buck up and get your crap together? You know, like that's how we talk to ourselves. And it would be like so hurtful for us to do that to someone else. So it's like being our own best friend is a piece of it. Really understanding how you might think about things and interpret situations. What might some of those distorted or unhelpful thoughts or beliefs that are driving some of this anxiousness or fears. That's a really important piece of it. I think lifestyle is huge. Are you taking good care of yourself? Are you nourishing your body? Are you exercising? I think when, you know, are you sleeping well? Like sleep is so important. I think those like lifestyle things are really foundational. And if they're not in place, you're going to be more vulnerable to anxiety. You know, that with that comes into play. Do you have good routines daily? What are some of the habits that you could put into place that can help you manage some of those anxious feelings? For example, could you wake up and do a little self-reflection or could you practice some deep belly breathing or something like that or practice gratitude, right? There's certain things that I think that we can do pretty consistently that can help us 
navigate some of the feelings of anxiousness. There is a lot of deep work that we have to do to just be kinder to ourselves, understand like where some of this pressure and expectation comes from, because that looks different for everybody, right? For me, a lot of it is childhood trauma. So I carry a lot of quick blame, like being a child of immigrants, like my parents blame me for a lot of stuff that happened in our life. So when things go wrong in a, as an adult, I immediately carry blame. That is my first gut response reaction. And it's something that like, I even now like revisiting therapy, right? Realize, wow, I, I am so quick to blame myself when things don't go my way, when oftentimes life is just messy. Life is just complicated, right? So being able to do those things of like understanding. And I think having that conscious awareness of what is my go-to, right? What do I do to myself? And almost like looking at yourself rather like looking like the way you would look at a friend. Oh, because it's so easy to look at your friend and be like, oh, she's being self-deprecating. Like, where does that come from? It's so easy to do that for someone else. But sometimes it's hard to just take a step back and look at that. But one thing I did want to comment on that I thought was really interesting about what you shared, which is lifestyle, right? The first thing to go, I feel, is the lifestyle stuff, the things that give you joy, the things that keep you sane. And I, girl, I'm a routine girl all the way. Me too. Me too. Like I need if I am not in my routines. It is real hard out here. So would love to know, are there things that you see be successful for yourself or for others around like building routine and lifestyle habits to help manage anxiety? Yeah, I think some of the things that I've done and that I try to help other women do is one of them is prioritizing sleep. Mm-hmm. I used to go to bed late. I used to stay up and watch TV. I used to have a little wine before bed. And I just like made a commitment to myself and was like, not doing that. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to have a different kind of routine and I'm going to really prioritize like good quality sleep. And that was like so helpful. I think there's so much research out there now that talks to that speaks to the importance of sleep. And when you don't get sleep, that just exacerbates your anxiety. And then, you know, that is going to impact sleep and the cycle just continues. Exercise is a key thing for me. I know when I'm not prioritizing exercise, I'm a little bit more irritable. I'm a little bit more moody. I'm a little bit like that's a big one for people too. One of the morning routines that I put into place is just like getting up and journaling and reading a little bit, having some quiet time for me. For me, I'm able to wake up earlier than other people in my household. So I do have some of that quiet time. I know that can be difficult for other people, but just doesn't have to be in the morning, but just carving out a little bit of quiet time for yourself. Can you listen to a little bit of music? Can you take a walk? Can you read a book? Can you sit outside and have your coffee? Whatever, you know, that might look like for you. I think carving out that quiet time, starting off your day in that place, I think can just set the tone for the rest of your day. What is the most important thing of all, I think, is how do you prioritize yourself? And as women, I think we really struggle with that. Like, we so struggle with saying, okay, how am I going to craft time for me? And I think, I think sometimes even like we fall into a trap that like we need to be the ones who fall on the sword and give up everything, right? When like Mm -hmm. it is at the detriment to not only yourself, but also to whatever 
relationships that you're in, right? And a funny example like that I'll share is I think even being okay with if your partner doesn't need the things that you need or whoever you like spend the most time with, my partner can sleep very late. So he prioritizes his time for himself, whatever, from like 9 to 1 a.m. or whenever he goes to sleep, right? But if I try to make myself fit into what works for him, it'll never work. And so how are you negotiating and ensuring that you are prioritizing yourself in whatever stage of life you're in, whether that be a mom with 10 children or, you know, a single person and you have a very high demanding career or a lot of expectations from family to support because you're a single person, right? What are you doing every day to prioritize yourself so that then you can build a lifestyle that ultimately will help alleviate and help navigate that anxiety? So as we close today, Nadia, I do want to just ask you, like, what do you think is not fine with accepting and living with high functioning anxiety? We touched on a lot of it today. I think is it impacting your relationships? If you can't be present and engaged in your relationships, then you're not really able to have deeper relationships and connect with people. And that's key for our mental well-being, right? That's not fine. That's not okay. I think the self-criticism piece is not fine. I've had so many conversations with women about how that actually feels to think some of those really critical thoughts or beliefs that furthers anxiety that often causes depression, which is very much linked to anxiety. Gosh, there's so much that's not fine. Just the living with the constant worry and not necessarily having faith and trusting that things are going to work out, right? Do you find that women who experience high-functioning anxiety are typically on the outside looking in. If I was just looking at a woman who is experiencing high functioning anxiety, I don't know them. Do you find that they often are killing it? And do you find that like on the outside, definitely not on the inside, on the outside? If you asked other people, they would say, oh, that person's killing it. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how she does it all, right? Like those are the some of the things that I think you would hear. You're doing an amazing job, even if you're necessarily beating your own crazy expectations. What I'd love for you to take away from this episode is that you're probably killing it. You're probably doing everything in a way that like amazes and wows the people around you, right? And so it is your right. You deserve to feel the way that you look on the outside. You deserve to feel that on the inside. So Nadia, I just want to thank you for your time and your expertise today. I so appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an awesome conversation and I can't wait for your listeners to hear. First of all, if you are interested in being on the Pickles Emergency Backup Plan list when River finally decides to show up, please feel free to send me a message. The hardest thing I have ever done is to make the time to decide what is really important to me, what my yeses will be, and what my noes have to be. That means not packing my schedule with social events because my relationship and time spent with my partner is my number one priority. It means choosing a different type of career than the one I thought I would have because I want the flexibility to spend as much time with my kid as possible and provide the life that I think he deserves. It means choosing to rest and not overextending on this podcast. It means so many things. 
this exercise of prioritization, of knowing what you want and being able to build your life around it, doesn't and probably won't ever feel natural. As women, we don't always feel like we have the right to do this. Most of the time we feel, whether it be from internal or external pressure, that it is our job to fall on the sword for the needs of our parents, our families, our children, our friends, our partners, our jobs. This is simply not true. That is why prioritization means even more now as our life gets more complicated than maybe it did when you were in college or in your 20s when you didn't have a partner or you were child-free or when you didn't have a pet. When you prioritize what matters to you, you know that whatever you put your energy into, you are using the best of yourself and your best energy to do it. So if that means your kids are your priority, it might mean that friendships might take a back seat. All of this is okay. It is your choice to prioritize what you choose to prioritize. Just do it with conviction and authority. And one last thing. Regardless of what makes it on your prioritization list, make sure you put yourself and what fills your cup at the top. It's important, even if you believe you don't have time for it. I'm already talking to Charles about how we'll make time for my exercise and morning routines when our kiddo gets here. I know I will be a better mom because I took the time to talk openly about what I need to be me for my kid. All I'm saying is you are important. Your needs and what fills you up is important. And it's okay if you let someone, something down in order to do what's important. And don't compare or criticize others who choose differently than you do. All we can do is look out for ourselves, our own joy, our own happiness. That's all we can do. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me today. It means the absolute world that you would spend time listening to this podcast. Share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit from the message of not settling for fine anymore. Share it with your sister, your cousin, your friends, your mom, your dog, your partner. I don't care. I would love to get the word out about why we don't have to settle for fine anymore. I can't wait to see you again next week. Talk soon.